This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show. Someone knows how foolish it would be to try to kill a hippopotamus goddess, Ryan Nelson. Justin, uh... I don't, when I'm watching a Marvel show, I don't expect to need to go to therapy and may most likely get psychiatric drugs. <laughs> but, well, uh, you might with I, this one. I felt like I needed to. Yeah, this one, they definitely, they're throwing you for a loop on, on, on this one in a few episodes. So we'll, we'll definitely be discussing some of those loops here in just a minute. But if you have been listening to the podcast since we started a few months ago, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about episode five of the Disney Plus show, Moon Knight, titled The Asylum. If you are new or a regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the main attraction podcast and you can get Patreon only content. You can support us at a three, five, ten, or twenty dollar level. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do write us one, we'll read it on air the next time that we record. So Episode 5 of Moon Knight. It, it was quite a ride, to say the least. So let's go ahead and uh, talk about this. We have had uh, mostly overall good opinions of this. I know you were, you've been at a loss. I've taken it up to a Game of Thrones. What are your thoughts just in terms of are, are you on about the same place you were last week? Where are you so far? I would say I'm about on the same place, but I was, I was thinking about this show. I really haven't been recommending it to anyone. Mm-hmm. And unless something spectacular happens, I don't know if I would recommend this to a lot of people. Yeah, here's the thing. I, I love this episode. I thought it was absolutely wonderful. This show has been a show more for if you've. There's a lot of people who like. If you're a comic book fan and you read comic books, sometimes a lot of comic book fans come away disappointed from a lot of these movies and television shows because they don't really get into the comic bookiness of it. This show is really doing that. And uh, look, I love it. I think some of these, the story, I've always liked it when they really try to dive into the super weird, the super uh, just crazy stuff that goes on in, in comic books sometimes. And they're really trying to do that with this. And we'll talk more about this. I don't think it's quite as weird as, as they are presenting. And I think we'll discover that at the end of episode six when we get to that point, or at some point in episode six. But we're going to talk about all that here in just a little bit. But like I said, this is really for the true comic book fans, if you ask me. I think this, this show really is. And I can see that. And, and I kind of feel the same way you do. I, don't, I think it probably won't be as being as weird. I think it's just more of... You know, this some of this stuff's hard to watch, especially this episode. Oh, yeah, with, yeah you know, we're going to talk the, about that. With mm-hmm. the stuff that happened in his past. But, you know, uh, I love Oscar, Oscar Isaac in this. I love Ethan Hawke. You know, so it's hard not to recommend it. But I have to say, this is, you know, if I was going to tell someone to watch it, I would tell them, you know, if, you, if you're if you not in on those first two episodes, you need to just mm-hmm. go ahead and get out. Yeah, if you're going to recommend this one, you need to give it caveats, I think, uh, because this is not for everybody. Uh, this And this episode, it, this was a brutal watch. This is, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's really good, but it's also really tough. And, you know, it's a, 
Look, I give a lot of one of the reasons why I'm just have really enjoyed this is just because this is something that Marvel has never done. This is they are really going into territory that is not familiar to us. You know, with Marvel, you know, it's not this that's happy go lucky all the time, but it's normally not this deep brooding dark this is this is really dark i mean it is really dark i, I was listening to the ringerverse on on friday with mallory rubin and joanna robinson and joanna had an interview with jeremy slater who was the showrunner for 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 this show and you know one of the things that people were talking about this show and one of the things that was being talked about when they were going into it was how much more brutal it was going to be and everybody just assumed it was going to be a lot more violent no they meant when they said it was going to be brutal they meant emotionally brutal and that's what they're that's what they're really getting at in these last few episodes of what they've really been tackling so that's where the brutality has been it hasn't been because it's been more violent it's just because it's been more emotionally exhausting and that's it it really is it doesn't and look, that can be good, and I think it is good in this particular instance, but it does make it difficult to watch. Yeah, and I think you, you made a good point. I listened to that interview as well, and I, I think Kevin Feige is wanting to do something totally different than they've right. done before, and and, you know, and to take Marvel to the next generation or the next level, what it, what it, phase, that's what they're called, yeah. the phases. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think this is that, um, but uh, it's, yeah, like you said, this one, uh, was there were many parts that I was like, wow! But you know, man, when you got Oscar Isaac doing his thing, he's just superb every scene. Yes, he is, and he and he really is. And this one is just look, and we'll probably talk about a little bit more about this in a second. If he doesn't get at least an Emmy nomination for for, for this show, especially after this episode, I, I don't see how that how that's possible. I mean, he's putting on a clinic in this episode. He is, but I will say there is not enough Arthur Harrow as as the Harrow that we had seen right. in the first few episodes. You're definitely missing that. Uh, Layla was definitely miss, missing as well. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about some more specific stuff with this. First thing I want to tackle, did we see Jake this episode? What do you think? Yes, that was definitely Jake the first time they were talking to Harrow because that was a totally, that wasn't a Chicago accent. That was I don't know. New, yeah. That was a New York cabbie accent. That was Jake. Yeah, that, that's kind of the theory that's out there is that when we first see Mark in the office with Hero when he's talking to Hero and he's got that bandage over his nose and we get a very different type of accent from him. Plus, there are so many cab references in mm-hmm. this episode. There's a lot of times when we see cabs and so everybody's kind of assuming that Jake has made an appearance even if they haven't actually announced his appearance in this particular episode because you also notice the second time that he meets with Harrow, the bandage is gone uh, and even Mark is like kind of feeling for it and it's not there anymore so it's like I said I kind of think as well that we did see Jake I think that's very much going to end up being the case uh, and we'll get a more formal introduction to him in Episode six, at least I think you will. So there are some people who think that they will never actually come out and say, "Yes, here is Jake." Uh, there's, and after I listened to that interview with Jeremy Slater, you know, he him talking about how difficult it would have been to juggle, how difficult it was to juggle two personalities and try to throw a third personality in there. So there is that possibility. We don't ever, they don't ever actually come out and say Jake was here, but I kind of think that they're just kind of leaving. They may leave it as that vague. He was there, even though they didn't ever say it. I'm calling Jake as the stinger. At the end, that could be very much be, could be the case. It wouldn't surprise me if that if that ends up being the way that it goes. So maybe, maybe we get that scene where he's the one actually killing those guys, and from episode three, maybe possibly I don't know. So, all right, the one thing I thought that was very 
very apparent because we talked last week. We talked about all the potential things that those last 10 minutes of episode four might possibly mean. You know, was it was it Kanshu doing all this? Was it Haru and Amit doing something? And the one that I presented was, I said, I thought the Occam's Razor, and I didn't explain Occam's Razor. I, I assumed everybody knows, but just in case you didn't, if you don't know what Occam's Razor is, it's the idea that the simplest, whenever you have multiple explanations for something, usually the simplest explanation is the right one. And, if, and the Occam's Razor one was, they've died and now they're just trying to journey through the afterlife in this asylum that we're seeing and that that ends up being the case so it was definitely the simplest thing uh look they're trying to leave you with that little bit of doubt that maybe this is this weird thing that's not actually happening and it's all in his head but i think it's pretty clear at least it was to me that they've died and now they're trying to figure out how to either to get to the afterlife or how to get back to their body what did you think i kind of felt the same way but i thought I did wonder, and I think they mentioned this in the Ringiverse, that if it's Khonshu somehow involved, because there was definitely a lot of, they, Mark had to forgive himself. Right. Especially mm-hmm. for what happened to him as a child and, you know, what had happened to him uh, going forward, because if he forgave Stephen, that mm-hmm. was really forgiving himself. Mm-hmm. you know, for everything, and that maybe if he does that, he can move forward. So I did wonder if there was some kind of simulation with that, that Conchie was involved. Yeah, it's possible. It wouldn't surprise me if that ends up being the case, but like I said, I think he could be involved, but I definitely think they have died. I don't. I think that is where, I think, like I said, how much Conchie might be having involvement in this, I don't know. That, the, that could end, He could end up having quite a bit of involvement. He may not have any involvement. He may... Uh, they may still have to break him out, whatever it may be. But like I said, I think what ultimately the purpose of this is, is he died and they've got to figure out some way either to get him back. And we'll talk more about this at the end when we talk about the things they have to wrap up. But uh, like I said, I think the overall thing is this is his organizing principle, which is what Harrow talks about at the very beginning of this episode when uh, he's talking about how people deal with this type of stuff. His organizing principle and what uh, Tarawit, the, the hippo goddess, what she's talking about is, you know, at least in the way that they explain the afterlife and the way they have death in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is everybody experiences it differently, and this is how Mark and Steven are experiencing it. This is their organizing principle, so a really important part there. Uh, this episode also, it parallels really, really well with the WandaVision penultimate episode uh, the, because the penultimate episode in WandaVision was this trip down memory lane with Agatha and Wanda. We're getting a trip down memory lane with Mark and Steven on this one. What stood out in these memories for you? Yeah, I kind of... Uh, uh, so we know what happened uh, at Layla's father's death so we saw that for sure we know how Khonshu uh we didn't see Harrow though that was the one thing I was I thought we may have got a glimpse of him but to me just the where we find out the where he created Stephen uh Mm. was just man that was just overwhelming to me yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about some of these in, in specific. So we learned about Mark's brother. Uh, we we learned that he has a brother because they walk, they're looking in these doors, in these memory doors, and they're seeing these different people, and they walk into this room with a bunch of dead bodies in it, and all of a sudden there's this little boy wanders in, and Stephen's like, why is there a little boy in this room where with all these people that you've killed? 
so this is kind of worrying, Stephen. And then we start, we go into these happy memories that he has of both of his parents because they're at this, they're doing like this, this cookout and his mom is happy. His dad's happy. And then they go off to the cave and this is where life completely changes for Mark. Uh, the, it starts to rain, and his parents told him not to go into the cave if it starts to rain. They do it anyway, and Mark's mother is never the same. And it was just, you know, this is where it starts. This is where it starts to just beat you down. This episode. Yeah, this was this is where it got rough, and this was also where uh, Mark was trying to do everything he can to let not let Stephen see what right. was behind a few of the doors and unfortunately he did and we all found out and it was horrific right and so this is all like it's like you mentioned uh we find out that you know it's so the the decision they made to make steven the one that we see most of this story through is really interesting because of the fact they do reveal and like i said if if you didn't know anything about the comic if you were completely unaware of the story uh, we have talked about this, so you may not have known it had we not talked about it, but Mark has always been the primary personality in the comics. But if you weren't aware of that, if you had no knowledge of the comic, if you're coming into this completely blind and you weren't listening to any other podcast or anything like that, you know, this would be a pretty big reveal to find out that Steven is not the main and that Mark is the main. So that would like to say that that would be a really significant story thing. Obviously, if you know about that, it's not going to rattle you as much. But I could see how somebody would find that as a shocking moment to find out that Stephen was basically created as a coping mechanism for Mark. Yeah, that was, even though we kind of knew that, it was still shocking to see it. Especially yeah. when we find out the reason why. Right, and the way the way he first comes on the scene when his mother is about to come in and he's saying, that's not my mother. That's not my mother. And then all of a sudden he switches to that British accent. You know, that was really good acting by that kid too. I mean, we talked yeah, a lot about Oscar. Really was very good. That kid did a really good job. So I don't, I don't know what the kid's name is, but you know, shout out to him. Uh, you know, like I said, we, the shock that Steven has when he finds out that he's not the main, that, you know, that's a difficult thing for him to have to process to understand that he's basically just a coping mechanism for, for Mark. And, he, and that's a difficult thing for him to have to deal with. We also got our first reference to Bushman. Bushman is the arch enemy of Moon Knight. So we also discover that this is the guy who was Mark's partner, who ends up killing Layla's father, ends up killing all those people. But we also get basically what is the origin of Mark as Moon Knight. And Really good scene here between both Stephen and Mark. Uh, obviously, Oscar Isaac. Just Oscar Isaac playing off of himself just absolutely fascinated me in this episode because what they had to do to make this episode work just had to be so difficult, not only for, for Oscar Isaac, but for the actual directors, the producers, everybody who, who was responsible for putting this episode together. Just incredible work by all of them. But go ahead. I, I was going to say, and I agree, and especially since I read that Oscar Isaac has a twin brother. Right. And he was the stand-in for those right. scenes. So that yeah, had it, to... It's a fraternal, so it's not... Yeah. It's not. It's, they don't look exactly like, but whenever, like, if he's talking to somebody and they just kind of need somebody in the screen, he was there for this, for this episode. Right. But can you imagine how much more emotional that made Oscar Isaac? That he's dealing with, with a uh, you know, trauma about right. a, a dead brother and his actual brother is standing there. So he's that, standing there. Yeah, so that probably really helped his performance. 
It probably did. It wouldn't surprise me if that was the case at all. So, uh, but we get this, we end up going into, the, into this tomb that they were supposed to be raiding, and we see Mark is on death's doorstep. He's about to kill himself, and that's when Kanchu starts talking to him. And we get the big reveal. And Stephen correctly points out that he was being manipulated from the beginning by Kanchu. And Mark, even while he is sitting there revisit, reliving this scene, is, you know, no, maybe I just wanted to live or, or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was that he said. But, you know, he still continues to deny the fact that Kanchu was, you know, taking advantage of him and just manipulating him. Yeah, that was that was very interesting. And then also, I like how much Stephen and Mark were helping each other. Mm-hmm. You know, wh- whatever door, you didn't know who was going to help the other one. But right. Stephen, Stephen really, uh, he wasn't the, you know, annoying, you know, uh, entertaining, normal right. persona that he is. But he, right. he was really a healing character in this one, which you didn't see coming. No, you didn't see that coming. And... Going back to that Jeremy Slater interview, you know, the decision to make Stephen the the main personality that we view this through, and he's right, is Mark in the comics is not the most likable character. Uh, he's so brooding. He is so just, I don't know, just kind of hard to put up with at times just because of just how serious he always is. Uh, you know, when he's in the comic, when he's in the actual Moon Knight suit, it's a completely different person, it seems like. Uh, I mean, he is just really, he's kind of witty and, and, and smart and funny. But when he is just Mark, he is a this brooding character, and it's really hard to kind of get through in the comics. So it was nice to... I, like I said, I thought it was interesting and just to, to hear the, the logic behind that because it probably would have been a completely different show and maybe not as enjoyable if you have Mark as the center and Steven kind of as the guy that we only spend an episode or two with. So like I said, I thought that was interesting when I heard Jeremy Slater talk about that. I, I would definitely agree. And for it to be as dark as this is dealing with this, this information or dealing with what Mark Spector has dealt with his life. You needed the funness of Stephen. Yeah, you really did. And it was a smart decision by them to, to go down that route. So, uh, let's see some other things. Uh, all right. So the moment that Mark referred to earlier in the show, I don't remember, I guess it was episode three when he talks about that. He basically couldn't kind of keep things separate. He couldn't, he was losing control of the ability to keep the two personalities separate. And he couldn't kind of control them the way that he had been. We learned what that is. This is when he goes to, his mother Shiva, who has been not only verbally abusive but physically abusive to him ever since, ever since uh, his brother uh, was killed in that accident, uh, she is absolutely 100% taking everything out on him. But she go he goes to the Shiva, which is has something to do with the funeral process of, of Jewish people. I don't want to try to like explain that because I don't know anything about it. So, uh, but that's what that is called. It's called a Shiva. And he can't do it. He, he just cannot do it. And while he's breaking down in the street outside of his parents' home, that's when Stephen takes over. And this wasn't planned. Stephen just kind of comes out because he's dealing with so much grief. And this is when he's just lost control of the ability to put Stephen out in front when he needs him instead of uh, – basically, instead of doing that, it's now Stephen's coming out on his own. And th- that's why we get this whole interaction between that basically sets up this entire show. That, that scene was so impressive to me. It, yeah, it really was. I mean, it, just to see him change on the dime going from just completely emotionally broken 
And then the next thing he's know, he's like, oh, mom, I'm, I can't remember what he's talking about, but he was obviously a completely different state at that point when he turned I, into Steven. Absolutely. I mean, it was, and uh, I mean, one, I want to know, how did he get to London? I mean, we're, we're going to ever find that out. Uh, <laughs> True, but like, exactly. You know, it was also interesting just to see, you know, his his poor father didn't know how to cope either. Uh, no, and yeah. that, that that has to be difficult because, I mean, yeah. your, oh, your yeah. wife needs something and you still love her. Your son needs something and she hates your your son now so you know and i was thinking when i saw the the dad the first thing i thought was man if rick moranis weren't retired he would be great in that role oh, i mean he, he looked been. he yeah. would have he looked so much like him and i thought he would have just brought so much to it but obviously he doesn't do anything anymore yeah. so but but because when i first saw him, I was like that looks like a poor man's rick moranis sitting yeah there. that would have been great so anyway, that was just a, a, a an observation that I made. So, uh, but yeah, so we're getting all this. We haven't even talked about Tolerate at this point. So Tolerate is basically supposed to be guiding them through their their passage to through the Duat, which is the sands that they are they are traveling through. She is you know guiding them through it, and she realizes when she takes both their hearts out, which is just this really weird. Thing. Another throwback to Indiana Jones, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the Temple of Dune and them taking hearts out of people, uh, she puts their hearts on the scales, and it's not balancing. So she's trying to get them to go through this. But we also see when when they're out on the boat, souls are falling, and this is obviously showing that Amit has been released because all these souls aren't supposed to be falling at this point. It's all these bad people who have done something either in the past or will do something in the future based on uh, the way Amit can see things and how people's lives will end up playing out. They're dying. They're being thrown into the duot. I'm, it just makes me think about episode six because I'm like, where are we going to start with episode six? I really don't know at this point, and we'll talk more about that in just a second. Yeah. But... What did you think about Tall written this episode? I thought it was disappointing because I thought this was the most boring part. Yeah. Because I just, I didn't know where it was going. Nothing about it really stood out. I, I thought the way, I don't know, I, I didn't like the boat scenes. I just, they didn't, they didn't hook me like the other stuff did. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it's because it's it's really weird, and you're not exactly sure what's going on. Although we did see that the 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 weights were even mm-hmm. once Stephen told Mark he needed to forgive himself. You know that's that's right. and then Stephen died. But I don't know. I just I didn't like those. I I was kind of looking forward to those. Uh, you know, after at the end of five, but I, I don't think they delivered. To be honest. I thought I liked it just because of the fact that we were getting more of an ex. These are this is basically the exposition portion of of this episode. So and it, putting it against, like I said, I liked it, but obviously when you compare it to this emotionally weighty stuff that we're getting when they're actually examining the memories and all this type of stuff, I think it really pales in comparison. And I think that may be part of the issue. Yeah, uh, I think so. But but like I said, because this is the she was providing the exposition for what is actually happening for them. Uh, you know, she's explaining she's explaining the whole we got to balance your scale. Your scales have to balance before we reach uh, the gates of Osiris. And then she you know she's like, well, we got to get you back to your body. And she's kind of re- reminding everybody about what's actually taking place on the surface you know even if they do get back to their bodies he's got two bullets in his chest uh she reminds the audience of that so that's going to be an issue they have to to overcome uh you know she reminds people about what the field of reads are and uh, this is where we need to kind of throw back to episode one 
at the beginning of episode one, when Stephen was talking to that little girl in the in the museum who was putting her gum in uh, that exhibit, that little girl said to her, said to him, like, uh, well, how did it feel when you were thrown into, uh, when your scales, I don't remember, she basically referenced this scene that where Stephen ends up in the doo-lot and he ends up dying, basically. Uh, kind of creepy. Uh, did yeah. you remember that when, when we watched this? I did not, but then I, I, I went back and read a recap and I saw that and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, so you know, got a lot of real foreshadowing going on there. All yeah. right, so let's go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, that was, it's it's good that they're bringing back stuff from the little things from the, yeah. the earlier episodes, and I hope they do more of that. I, I think that, I hope they will too, I think they will. Uh, so we'll see what, in these last couple episodes. So let's go ahead and talk about this as well. So Stephen and Mark's hearts, they don't come to balance. And Tallred says, you know, I was pulling for you guys. And this is when the sand zombies start coming on board trying to drag Stephen and Mark to the to the depths of the duot to live to basically perish in eternity uh they fight it off and I, it some people didn't like the fact that Stephen was really getting into the fights as well look I thought it was good just because it shows that they are not as different as they might have think like they might seem they are and that Stephen if he needs to he can he can hold his own so I liked it, but obviously the emotional gut punch for everyone viewing this is Stephen ends up falling off the side, uh, trying to save Mark. And when he falls off the side, he ends up turning into this like stone, the sand statue. But Mark's balances at this point. So I guess I ask this to you: Is Stephen dead? Are we going to get Stephen back? We will see Steven in the last episode. There's no way you can't bring him back. He is way too popular. If they don't bring him back, <laughs> we may get to uh, Baywatch on the ratings level. Uh, I like the fight scenes too also because it showed how much these two were working together and right. they were really a team. And, you know, they, they, were, were, they were one. They were finally one. Right. Right. And I, I think so, too. Like, I, that was another thing that I liked about it. I, I thought, like I said, I thought it was it showed that Stephen could hold his own. And also, like you said, they were working together. And I do think they are going to bring him back. I don't know exactly how they're going to do it, but I do think they will bring him back. Because I think the the message of this show is, is supposed to be, you know, the two of them are at their best when they are working together. And I don't think you end up just completely getting rid of one at the end of the show. And I think it kind of defeats what you've been trying to work towards throughout the course of the entire, of the entire season. And right. maybe I'm wrong about that. But. No, I, not to mention if, if Mark is truly mentally ill, you know, as, right. as, as we've been, it, he has these, you know, visions or, or right. multiple personalities that doesn't just all of a sudden go away. No, it doesn't. It doesn't just go away like that. So, uh, like I said, I'm interested in what they do with that. So let's go ahead and talk about that real quick. Unless there's something, unless there's something else you want to talk about, I'm going to talk about some of the stuff that we have to figure out here at the end. No, let's do it. All right. So one of the things that I have been talking about when I, we talked about the show is, you know, up until really this episode and at the very end of episode four, they hadn't really been leaving all these threads open. They, this has been the issue that the Marvel shows have. Most of them, they've all been really good, some to lesser extent, some to a greater extent. But getting to the end and figuring out a way to wrap stuff up, because 
look, we don't know if we're going to get Moon Knight again. I, I, I think we will, but that's yeah. for a topic for another day. But nothing else is planned for the character at this point, at least nothing that they have announced. Now, they could, like, pull a fast one on us, and after, you know, like on Thursday or Friday of next week, they end up saying, okay, here's what we have planned for him. Uh, but right now, this is the only thing they have planned. But now... They haven't really left all these threads dangling up until now. Now we've got a ton of threads dangling all of a sudden. And I read a from something from, I think, I don't remember what it was, but maybe Screen Rant. I don't remember, like I said, I don't remember exactly where it was. I know it was the direct. The screen time, the, the show length time for this episode has been leaked at 44 minutes for episode six, which is the shortest of all the live action shows. Whoa. I know. Like I said, I thought it was going to be the longest, and it's it's going. If this is true, what they have leaked out there, then it's going to be the shortest. And I don't know how they're going to do this because here's the first thing: is Stephen dead for good? They got to wrap that up. Second thing: will Jake make more of an overt appearance? Like I said, we we think we got a, a kind of a subliminal reference to him, a subliminal appearance, where in especially at the beginning of this episode, but we don't have an overt appearance from him. Uh, how does Mark get back to land of living? We see him at the, in the field of reeds, but we don't know how he's going to get back to his actual body. Uh, we don't know if Khonshu still needs to be freed. I, I kind of think that he does. Uh, we don't know what happens to Layla. We don't know what how Amit started doing whatever she was doing. This is all the stuff they have to wrap up in this last episode. And like I said, that was the one thing that they really had going for it, going into this. Look, I love this episode. I thought it was great, but... I'm really nervous about this finale. No, I'm with you, and especially since you mentioned the runtime, because also I have multiple questions about Arthur Harrow. I mean, we really don't yeah, know true. anything mm-hmm. about him as well. Um, you know, how did how did he really get started? You know, what's what is his real plan? I mean, it's like you know, we did, we, we haven't gotten nearly enough about him. No, and, we haven't. And and there has to be some battle between Mark and Arthur Harrow at the end. Yeah, or is like. Amit has. I would assume that Amit, that Hero is the avatar of Amit at this point. That would be my assumption, and so that's how, it, like whatever, like how Mark becomes Moon Knight. I would imagine Hero takes on some type of a suit or something as well. That would yeah. be my guess, and how they're going to do that. So, you know, they're going to throw some punches, uh, and I guess you know, how, how much do you think we're going to get of? The actual Moon Knight suit in Episode 6, because that's the interesting thing about this show. You know, there's the line in Jurassic Park is, you know, uh, are there any dinosaurs in your dinosaur park? You know, uh, yeah. where's your Moon Knight in your Moon Knight show? So how much do you think we actually get of the actual Moon Knight suit in Episode 6? So it's a 44-minute episode. Mm-hmm. If they're correct, that's 44. Mm-hmm. I'm going for... You have to remember, I'm, like... Six minutes of this show is normally credits. I mean, that's why the Disney Plus stuff does it. I'm going four minutes. Tops. I think think it's going to be one fight scene. I think that's going to be the case as well. I think it could go up to ten. Yeah. Like I said, but I just don't know how they how they get there is going to be interesting to me because they got like I said they got to get him back living first yeah. before they do anything. So, uh, like I said, I would I'm kind of hoping that we do get an overt reference to Jake, and I'm kind of hoping his maybe his suit is the one that kind of takes over and kind of ends up kicking all the butt here at the end. I don't know. So, well, well can, are we sure Oscar Isaac's not pulling our leg about the series just and and he's actually going to sign up for more? 
that's what I, I lean more towards that every every time, especially as I have watched this show unfold. Just because I think they're going to have to leave some things dangling. I, I just don't see how they're going to wrap up everything in this final episode. And I, you know, the stinger that we got with Loki at the very end of the entire thing was no real stinger. It was just Loki will return for season two or something like right, that. Right, right, right. So it wouldn't surprise me if they end up doing that as well. But I don't know if they can because they have already declared this with, I mean, you can always retroactively go back and say, hey, we're going to do a second season, but they've they've listed this with uh, the Academy for Television or whatever it's called. Uh, they've listed it as a limited series. So Yeah, but so did Big Little Lies. There's several shows did, that they came back but, for another season. But did they announce that like, in the actual final episode, though, of no, those shows. No. So that's the reason why I don't think that, or I don't know if they can go down that road. I think they could say, you know, six months from now, okay, well, we'll go ahead and do a second season of this. So I, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I don't really know how they're going to, but how they're doing it. But we also don't know what the ratings are like for this. No, we don't. And they're, they're going to be real stingy with all that type of stuff, typically. Yeah. And Disney really is. I mean, they don't yeah. release it unless they really think it's going to truly help them. The only time, I think the only time they've ever released streaming numbers for anything has been with the Black Widow. Like, they wanted to kind of prove that releasing it simultaneously with the theater launch was a good idea. And I think that's, I think that's the only time they've really ever released their streaming numbers. So. For some reason, I sort of remember The Mandalorian Season 1. They released something like it was one of the biggest streaming shows of all time or something, but I'm, I'm okay. not 100% on that. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they did that. I mean, I know they you can you can find some types of graphs how you can see like the subscriber numbers have gone up and down yeah. and all that type of stuff. So, But do you think this is a hit with people? Yeah, I think it's a hit with the people who are watching it. I don't know if the the question is how many people are watching it because, like right. I said, I mean this this episode, like I said last week, was the highest rated episode. This episode was far and away the highest or highest rated episode on IMDb. It was like a, like a nine point two or something like that. Wow. Uh, so I mean, like the people who are watching it, I think it is really registering with them like and i think the people who are watching it are the serious comic book people like i, said, I don't know uh, there are probably some casual folks out there that are watching it but i think the the biggest people that are pu being pulled into this are the people who are seriously into the comic book aspect of of uh the fandom so like i said maybe i'm wrong about that but i think it do, it is a it is a more narrow audience. I mean, this is one of the most mature things that Disney has that Marvel has done since they've been bought by Disney. Uh, so, like I said, it, I think the people who are watching it are enjoying it. I just don't know how many people that actually are watching well, it. So. Well, now that you mentioned the ratings on IMDb, is something wrong with me? Because these aren't nine point something episodes to me. Say to me, they are. I think they're pretty good with their ratings so far. Like I said, and. It, for knowing the source material, it's uh, this this show is truly paying off in huge ways with me, and I think that's where I think that's where the disconnect is for s some people. Like I said, you don't have yeah. quite that you don't have that attachment to the source right. material. I do, and I think that's the reason why it's going to pay off a lot more with me. No, that uh, makes so. that makes sense. I was going to say Oscar Isaac is at a ten, for, you know, yeah. for me, but <laughs> yeah, but but that makes sense, and that's what you, you know you keep referring to that the you know. The, the long-time comic book readers, this this is for them. This is their show. Yeah, it really is. Because, I mean, it's a character that most people weren't... The, the, the average Joe out in America was not 
familiar with Moon Knight. And I, like I said, I wasn't just real. F- I knew that the character existed, but I wasn't real familiar with, the, with him until I heard the show was going to be done. I was like, okay, well, I need to dig into him a little bit. Uh, so that's what got me in, into him. And I found some stories there. Look, this the character itself in the comics is far more mature than what we've seen in the show. So, I mean, they they have softened him up, and they have softened his story up a lot, and it's not that soft. So, uh, yeah. it's like I said, Disney, they really do know what they're doing, and Marvel knows what they're doing, too. So, uh, But like I said, I think what they are, what the, the people who are watching, I think, are enjoying it. I, still, I don't know how many people are watching it. So, if they ever yeah. release the numbers, I'd be interested to see them. All right, anything else you want to talk about before we get to our weekly awards? No, I think I'm ready for the awards. Okay. All right, so Tyrion Lannister, the MVP of the episode. Uh, I think there's only one option <laughs> I mean, here, but I'll go ahead and let you tell could us. It, could it be anyone else but Oscar Isaac just put on a yeah. superb performance? I mean, just, I mean, whatever adjective, incredible, exceptional, whatever you want to, the man is a wonder. Yeah, and this, is, to me, this is the best acting performance in this particular episode that we've had in the entire MCU. Look, it's not known for, you know, look, they, they do a great job of acting in these, in these shows, but this is a standout performance. If this were done in a movie, if this episode had been done in a movie, I don't know how you would deny him an Oscar nomination. Like I said, and he has to get an Emmy nomination. If we don't get an Emmy nomination for a limited series actor, best actor in a limited series, uh, when the Emmy nominations are announced, I'll, I'll be shocked. And it wouldn't, I, I don't know how he doesn't win it, to be honest with you. So you, he's, you're, he's blowing away Robert Downey Jr. for, for you. Yeah, it's, look, Robert Downey Jr. is great, don't get me wrong. But I think this is, what he's being asked to do is not the, on the same level. Uh, Robert, what Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. was asked to do is not on the same level as this. Okay, I, I, I can agree on that. Uh, so like I said, obviously Oscar Isaac, uh, I get that all along the best scene in this episode. Which one did you think it was? I think it was where the, where we first see young Steven as a child, where the mom is coming in and he, like you said, the little kid turns into Steven. Yeah. That, that's the, yeah, that's the one I went with as well. I said the one in, in Mark's bedroom, which is yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, it was just, it was chilling. And just to watch, like you said, Stephen's reaction to realize he wasn't the the true leader of the story. That he he wasn't the you know, the one. Uh, it was it was something else. Yeah, it was like I said. The, there was a lot that was happening in that particular in that particular moment of the episode. And it, it's the most powerful point, at least in my, in my eyes, of the episode. Yeah. So. Definitely. All right, the if you come at the king, you best not miss the best line of the episode. What did you have for your best line? And this was Stephen and Mark, and it was towards the end when uh, Stephen's time when he said, "She was wrong. It wasn't your fault. You were just a child. It wasn't your fault." Right. That was a good got, one. Got got some goodwill hunting vibes there. It really did. Yeah. It, it really truly did. I was one of the few lighter. Slightly more funny uh, lines. Remind uh, Mark, me of this one. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when Mark said to Stephen after they, uh, right after they have kind of had their first encounter with Tall Red, he says, "If it comes to it, kill the hippo, steal the boat." Okay, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that, so, like I said, that was uh, it was a little bit of levity in a very, very, very serious episode of a television show. Like, look, the most, the most serious episode, probably the most serious piece of content we've had in mcu in it's 14 years yeah 14 years so 
Oh, for sure, hundred percent. All right, so uh, writing so far, you've had it at a loss. Uh, are you keeping it there? What are you doing? I'm definitely. Let, let me let me explain. I've always yeah, yeah. to explain. All right, top of the list is Game of Thrones. So if you're at the if it's the best of the best, it is Game of Thrones. Right below Game of Thrones is a lost. Middle of the road is Friends. Uh, after Friends is a Full House, and at the very bottom is Baywatch. Uh, I'm going to keep it as a lost. Uh, this this episode was I would I agree with you. Just incredible. Uh, the acting, just the dealing with. I, I'm just. Uh, I have a lot of questions. You know right. uh, about what's going to happen. I'll be honest. I brought this up in the beginning. This is not something because the people that I'm friends with are similar to me. They love the Marvel stuff, but we're not comic book readers. I don't know how many of them. I, I have to wait to see. At this very moment, I don't know how many of them I would recommend this to. Right. And I'll be honest, man. I'll say it again. I really miss Ethan Hawke and, and Layla. Right. I didn't miss him as much as because I was enjoying watching the story unfold between Mark and, and Steven. So I didn't miss him as much. But like I said, just when I, I don't know that how they would have fit into this just because of the fact that what the, the, the subject matter and what they were dealing with. I, I Here's what I will just say. Trying to squeeze them into this episode, and they did a little bit with Harrow just because they had yeah. him as the doctor. But trying to squeeze them into this episode, I think it would have come across as really clunky, in, in my opinion. I, I can see that, but I will say this we better get a tremendous Ethan Hawke saying this next episode, or, you, oh, I'm sure we will. or you've wasted him. Yeah, I, I think we will. I think we'll, I think we'll get a, a very. A very compelling performance from him here in the finale. And like I said, uh, look, I don't expect him to last. Uh, I'll be, I, I honestly think he, his character will be killed off just because yeah. he's only his character only appears in one episode in one comic book. Uh, so, like I said, I don't see him having any role after this show is over. And like I said, we don't even really know if there's going to be a Moon Knight after the show is over. So, uh, But I, I kind of see that being the case. Look, I'm still out of Game of Thrones. I'm very firmly to Game of Thrones. But man, they are risking a lot in this in this finale. Uh, l- listening to that Jeremy Slater interview, it kind of gave me a little bit of peace about because he he talked about you know there are going to be some happy endings for some people, but some people aren't going to get happy endings. And so, like I said, I'll be interested to see how that happens. And I don't think in a show like this and the things that they've set up that everybody should. So, right, like right, I, said, I agree. You need, I, like I said, it made me a. Listening to him made me think they're going to pay off for the most part, at least uh, here in the finale. But it's just it's been the issue with all these Marvel shows is getting a good payoff. I thought WandaVision was a little flat, but how much of that was the show's fault versus fans expectations of it? I don't really know. Uh, Mephisto. (laughs) (laughs) So you had all that going on. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. It just I I didn't think the finale was good at all. Well, you know that I don't, I don't, I don't fault them after you find out that they had to rework so much because it was half of it was about that group starting a pandemic. Right. So you know, right. they they were they were just in a bad situation. Yeah, they were. They they had they had a lot of hills they had to climb. Uh, look, Loki. I thought the finale was great. You know, I did just too. that 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 discussion between you know that was just a three characters, the two Lokis and, and Jonathan Majors as Kang, you know, just having this great discussion, I thought was just fantastic. Uh, and Hawkeye okay. was, great, was good. Great finale. Cause, cause you got to see if that was the end of Jeremy Renner, which right. I kind of don't think it is, but that was a good ending for him. That was yeah, him passing the torch. 
Yeah, it was. Like I said, there were times when I thought, I don't think the Wilson D'Onofrio reveal was as well done as it could have been. So that was that was that was kind of disappointing. But, other, but everything else about that uh, the finale was pretty good. So yeah, especially like I said, since I had not watched Daredevil, and after going back and watching Daredevil, I agree with you more. That could have been right. more. Yeah, it could have been. So like I said, they've got to figure out a way to make that character who was very much an already character how they bring him into the PG thirteen world. So they they'll bring him back, and then we'll have to figure that out later on. So. All right, uh, we don't do recommendations here in our second episode of the week. We do things that we are looking forward to. So do you have anything that you're looking forward to here as we oh, yeah. wrap up the show? It's summer movie season. It is. Yes, it Doctor is. Doctor Strange this week, Top Gun in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, which I had zero interest to, but then they gold bloom me back in. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the second Jurassic World movie. I need to watch it because I do plan to go see uh, the third one. I never it watched out. it either because I know a lot of people just talked about how horrible it was. I love the, you right. know, the other ones, but, uh, you know, Goldblum, Dern, uh, Sam Neill back. I'm in. I'll be there. But those, yeah. those movies coming out in a few weeks, I, I'm going to be there. And I am... So stoked for Top Gun. Oh, my gosh. When they showed yeah. Val Kilmer in the second trailer, I about jumped out of my seat. I, I have so not excited. seen the second trailer yet. Yeah. I've got I got to see it. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. Summer movie season is, is always great. Absolutely wonderful. So I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, something else that I'm looking forward to, I haven't seen, Look, there's a lot of stuff on. I need to go back and watch. I still haven't seen uh, the Horses show on Apple. I can't remember what it's called. Slow uh, Horses. Slow I need Horses. To, I need to watch that, too. Yeah, I need to watch it, but uh, there's a new show on Apple TV Plus called Shining Girls that looks interesting. Yeah, uh, so. my my wife read that book, so it's an incredible book. So I, I want to I want to watch it, and I'll, I'll will eventually, but I haven't had a chance to do it yet. So that's well, kind of what I'm looking I, forward to. I was mentioning to you as well, and I'll bring it up. Under the Banner of Heaven, uh, it's on Hulu, starring Andrew Garfield and Wyatt Russell from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, okay, it is uh, about a. It's a John Krakauer book. Uh, you know, he wrote um, uh, Into the Wild. He wrote mm-hmm. the incredible Pat Tillman book, and he has a book about uh, some murders in Utah. Oh, okay. And uh, Andrew Garfield is the the uh, detective involved with that. And it looks, man, it looks creepy. I'm, I, I'm looking forward to watching that at some point. It came out, started coming out this week. Okay, I thought, I guess Andrew Garfield's coming out of his little semi-retirement or something. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's been busy. Yeah, he has. He's been real busy, so. All right, so guys, uh, we have a special coming up. We are going to get, we're going to record it uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, on Wednesday, May the 4th, we are doing our May the 4th Star Wars draft special. So Ryan and I are about to pick our Star Wars teams, and we're going to have you guys tell us what who you thought was the best. So you'll definitely want to catch that, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. So that is our little ode to May the 4th. Uh, anything else you want to add before we get ready to record that, Ryan? Appreciate everyone joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. I will echo those same sentiments. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.